Hey, guess what? Chicken butt. Chicken lips. <laughs> I just hate that so much. What? It really bothers me. It's like when people hear the word like moist or panties. Chicken lips is yeah. that for me. My cousin used to call my god sister chicken lips. And every time she'd be like, chickens don't have lips. And he's like, that's the joke. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, hello and welcome to another episode of Meta Sidekicks. My name's Liv. This is M. M told you a chicken lips joke, so that's good enough for me. <laughs> we are psychic mediums, twin flames, best friends, and, you know, just here to tell you about all of the stuff that is metaphysical, spiritual, paranormal, and in between. Because as psychic mediums, we think that we're the most equipped to do that. So there. Mm. Cocky. <laughs> like chicken lips. Sorry. Just, you mean like rooster lips? Oh, so gross to me. <laughs> it bothers me to walk up to a chicken and Again, actually has lips. I think that's the joke. That's a horrifying thing to look at. I don't know, but it's an easier joke for me to understand than the dad jokes that you give me. Oh, I really just need to say like butts and pudding and that's pretty much good for me or chicken lips. Pudding is hilarious to me for whatever reason for a long amount of time. I do want to. I'm saying it's easier. Since we're talking about, well, I'll let you guys know. Today we're going to be talking about tulpas and tulpamancy, or also known as thought forms. But before we get into that, your spiritual- thought. T H O T. Rude. I'm sorry. I will stop hitting that button. Please don't leave. I just want to talk about something that my husband said that was hilarious the other day. Since we're talking about a. Uh, weird phrases that make people uncomfortable. But I was telling my husband about how someone specifically that is in my family was just gassing me up, you know, and they hurt, they hurt my feelings because I was expressing to them just why I was doing something. And they were like, well, why are you even doing that? It's so stressful. Maybe you should just not do it. And I'm like, that is not helpful things to say because I'm literally telling you all the reasons why I like to do what I'm doing and you're telling me you should just give up because you're dumb, basically. And my husband told me that I should tell that person to, and I quote, You're a thought. Stop wheezing on my melons. <laughs> I don't understand what that means. <laughs> so if someone's yelling at you, just picture it. Like, you're at work and your manager's like, why aren't you doing this? This was due... Eight days ago, you're not working fast enough. I implore all of you, please just look that person straight in the face and be like, you're a thought. Stop wheezing on my melons. I don't know what that means. (laughs) I don't know what it means either, but I love it. And it's my new thing. If someone's getting on my back, I am going to tell them to stop wheezing on my melons. So that is. Did you ask him what that means? Yes. And what did he say? He uh, didn't tell me anything very constructive. So I don't believe you. (laughs) I just love that. And you can add that to your repertoire of chicken lips. So, I mean, look him dead in the eye and be like, listen here, chicken lips, quit wheezing on my melons. That does sound like a Bradley face, doesn't (laughs) freeze, doesn't it? (laughs) So that's your retort for today. Sponsored by Spirituality and Bradley. You're going to tell me about thoughts now? Yes, I am. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, I was going to cover something that people call egregores. Oh. oh, is that the thing that, like, twinny things, things that look like things, or is that the thing that, like, people manifest thoughts into existence? Bullshit. Couldn't we talk about this already? Yes, but not in detail, which is why I wanted to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, I wanted to talk about egregores and thought forms Due to a story I can no longer find to reference anywhere. I heard about this story on a podcast and I cannot find it on their 300 and something episodes of podcasts. So I don't know if it was a fever dream, if it never happened, or if I'm terrible. 300 episodes that you didn't go through all of them? No, I did. I literally read every single one of them individually. And none of them said thought forms, egregores, or anything else of the sorts. So I was like, okay, I'm sad. (laughs) So... The story is that at one point in time, there was people that were interested in the parapsychology field that got a couple people together at this inn that was supposedly haunted, and these smart people, a part of, or at least working for the parapsychology team that was involved in this study from like the 50s or 70s or something, got together and tried to use the power of thought to manifest a ghost because people were already going to this in place for paranormal investigations and they wanted to see if people's manifestation of thoughts could bring about a ghost into existence that without telling the people that were going to investigate said place that this was not actually a ghost of any person but the manifestation of this group of smart people's thoughts and it happened these people were able to manifest a ghost into existence and they called it a thought form I believe but I also think other people have mentioned in comments of our videos like what do we think about thought forms and egregores and things like that and I thought that they were the the same but they're not so after slightly researching egregores I found that I was actually looking more for details on something called a tulpa and that egregores are very different from tulpas Egregores, which are derived from the Greek word meaning wakeful, are defined as an esoteric concept representing a non-physical autonomous entity that arises from the collective thoughts of a distinct group of people. And they're also known as thought forms or collective group mind. So Santa Claus. (laughs) Why do you have to fuck with me seven minutes into this? What do you mean? (laughs) Example. I mean, no, that is an actual 
fabulous example and I'm excited to talk about this because I need ideas like that while we're talking about this podcast because I was like going down a rabbit hole today like I'm not even like a couple Wikipedia things into this and I'm now you're a thought yes yeah everyone's a thought everything's a thought your thought I'm a thought she's a thought chicken lips I mean, is a thought <laughs> were you not on the same page when i was already telling you that we were thoughts <laughs> i mean egregores in researching them today and then turning it into talpas they were wheezing on my melons i still don't know what that means <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it means <laughs> probably something dirty i don't think it's even dirty i just think it, it means could be dirty someone's just yelling at you they're just getting on your case and it's just well, what are the melons probably boobies Melons could be a lot of things. Okay, well, if you're not a girl, maybe it's something else. But if someone's wheezing on them, you're probably something like, else. Stop wheezing on my melons. <laughs> Is that why I couldn't explain it to you? <laughs> maybe. Um, but anyways, okay, it's actually egregores. Egregores. Egregores are not what I thought. They aren't the sort of tulpa thing that these researchers were able to manifest into an existence at this haunted inn and if you guys know what i'm talking about please send me what the story is because i want to read it again but i can't find it and now i just feel crazy so anyways egregores specifically come from the book of anak or anach how do you know how do you how to say i think it's anok anok okay that would make sense i learned i looked up the, the pronunciation of egregore but not anok <laughs> So the book of Anok is specifically where egregores come from. And this book is about Noah's great grandfather. And it's an ancient Hebrew text talking about the apocalypse, demons, angels, and the Nephilim, which are half angel, half people, people. So anyways, I learned egregores can be classified as thought forms, but are not the same thing as a tulpa. And because egregores go into the book of Anok, Wait, is that what you said? Enoch? Enoch? Yeah, Enoch. Enoch. Okay. I mean, I don't know if that's actually how you pronounce it, but that's what my brain says. Okay. However, th the book, I'm sorry, I'm pronouncing it wrong. If you guys want me to talk about egregores and that book, I can make a separate episode on it. But based on the story that I can't find on the internet, I think what we're trying to look for and talk about is tulpas and or thought forms. But... If you want to get into the weird specifics of it, egregores can be thought forms and so can tulpas. Tulpas can also be a thought form, but egregores are very different from tulpas. So it's kind of like a fairy type thing. And by fairy, I mean, if you listen to our fairy podcast, it's like a weird ass classification of what is and what isn't. And like the lines are very skewed and weird. So with that being said, we're going to talk about tulpas because I think it can be better. Are you excited? I have no idea. <laughs> well good i didn't either until this morning <laughs> right i don't know what any of this is so i'm excited so tulpas and thought forms is what we're talking about today and how those two things coexist together in this weird sort of spiritual dance of esoteric phenomena tulpa is a concept in theosophy mysticism and the paranormal of a materialized being or thought form typically in human form, that is created through spiritual practice and intense concentration. Modern practitioners who call themselves tulpamancers use the term to refer to a type of willed imaginary friend which practitioners consider to be sentient and relatively independent. 
Modern practitioners predominantly consider tulpas to be a psychological rather than paranormal concept. Isn't that wild? (laughs) I don't know yet. (laughs) That's okay. Well, I'll read what I have and then we can have a discussion on it or feel free to stop me and we can continue to talk about it. But I was I was losing my mind and I wasn't even that much of a deep dive into it. So I have heard while researching this that this is a concept like tulpas or thought forms are a concept from Buddhist thought and Buddhist practices, which is great because the next thing I'm going to tell you is that there is a person called Annie Besant or Besant who was a part of the Theosophical Society that H.P. Blavatsky created. So if you know anything about the spiritualist movement in America, Helena Blavatsky is the person that started the Theosophical Society during the late 18, mid 18 to late 1800s in America. And she took a lot of her ideas about spirituality and theosophical teachings from Hindu and Buddhist religions. The theosophist Annie Besant, who took over leadership of the Theosophical Society after Helena Blavatsky's death in 1891, released a book in 1905 that she wrote with Theosophical Society co-member C.W. Leadbeater, and this book is called Thought Forms. So in 1905, Annie and Charles Leadbeater released a book called Thought Forms. In this book, she and Leadbeater divide the idea of thought forms into three classes, forms in the shape of the person who creates them, forms that resemble objects or people and may become ensouled by nature spirits or by the dead, and forms that represent inherent qualities from the astral or mental planes, such as emotions. In this book, one of the things they describe is auras and the color's meanings. And this leads us to our next idea from another occultist. So, so far, tulpas or thought forms, specifically tulpas, are the manifestation of someone's thoughts into existence, such as someone that is like an imaginary friend to them. But it can also be emotions that are projected or spiritual aspects of yourself, like auras. So they say that manifesting someone or something into existence, like these scientists did in the 50s at this inn that I can't find a story for, Mm -hmm. is a tulpa. But your aura is also a tulpa. We have seen imaginary friends in locations before, number one. Yes. Number two, I don't think an aura is a tulpa. I know. Okay, great. It's literally the electromagnetic forces of a human being. Yes. Objects that are not sentient have auras. Yes. So then how is that a tulpa? I'm just telling you (laughs) that the original people in the Americas that talked about tulpas in their 1905 book called Thought Forms, talk about auras. And I actually have a picture from their book that they had someone draw out colors to tell you what each tulpa color of a person means. Weird. Right? It's very weird. It's very interesting. We <laughs> ask your spirit guides if this is true. Well, I don't even want to ask my spirit guides anything because I'm like, are spirit guides no, tulpas? Just say yes or no, true or false. Which one? I feel like yes and no, but I don't know. Oh, okay. That's an answer. Um, I don't think those are auras. 
Oh. I think those colors are something else. Okay. And they just interpreted them as auras. Yeah. Okay. That would make more sense. But again, you know how I feel about colors and like it literally was like color meanings of people's auras. And there's one that's like light blue and it says this is devotion to a noble ideal. Did a man come up with that? I think a man is the one who made the pictures and illustrations and colors, but they're the ones that denoted it to him, like described them. There's a man standing next to you. He's skinny, tall, has brown hair, it's short and wavy. And he's the one that talks about how it's not your aura, the electromagnetic force that you admit. It is the like psychokinetic energy that you are admitting in a more psychological basis. So oh. it's like the stuff that creates poltergeist. Oh, it's the colors of energy that make people make things. Yeah. Got it. That would make more sense. Because there's a yellow one in here and yellow says highest intellect. There's purple, like a light purple mauve color. And it says this is the love for humanity. They have one that's literally brown with little red hash marks in it. And it says this is jealousy. Pink says that it's unselfish affection. And then they have green. That's like a light green or like a sage green that says it's sympathy. And it's just interesting. Yeah, he says that uh, our aura, our energy is used in order to create energy. The created energy are the colors that you're talking about. So he's talking about manifestation, witchcraft. He's talking about how poltergeists are formed from human beings. He shows me that it's like our energy centers create energy. And if you are good at energy manipulation, you can string it together or string things from other things together. Oh, like like, making new paint colors. Yeah. So like if you're a witch, you're going to take like your yellow energy and then you're going to take some sort of physical energy of whatever you're working with and you string both the things together and it helps strengthen your energy in order to manifest something different to happen. Makes sense. That makes a lot more sense. I was like, I don't know what they're talking about, but also I'm just here to talk, like give the facts. And I thought this would be a great thing to talk about, which is like talking points in general. Cause it was blowing my mind a little bit. Tall man says so. You're welcome. Perfect. I think he's quoted somewhere in the Wikipedia article I was reading, but he did the illustrations and you can read about him in the 1905 book. So anyways, the book describes what we just talked about, which is the auras and their colors meanings but this leads us to our next idea from another occultist so it's like this piggyback sort of thing on the idea of tulpas which originate from buddhist thought where they think it's the creation of like an imaginary friend that is sentient and can turn into their own person or be embodied by another solar spirit and then these people from the theosophical society annie and charles and now william walker atkinson sort of create different things about it or try to expand upon it imaginary friends are extensions of one who've created the imaginary friend's energy he says that you when you have an imaginary friend it's almost like you express that energy outward and place it into a space yes and that is how it becomes sentient yes so occultist william walker atkinson in his book the human aura described thought forms as a simple ethereal object emanating from the auras surrounding people, generating from their thoughts and feelings. 
he further elaborated in Clairvoyance and Occult Powers how experienced practitioners of the occult can produce thought forms from their auras that serve as astral projections, which may or may not look like the person who is projecting them, or as an illusion that can only be seen by those with awakened astral senses. So that would be like how we can see other people's imaginary friends or their tulpas. Yeah, that's what I just explained to you. It's a lot, though. I was like, what is happening? What do you mean? It's just a lot. Why? It's like a mind fuck. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're talking to someone who has an imaginary friend, I just feel like, or a tulpa, how do you know that it's not, that it's a tulpa and not a human soul? Because it's connected to that person's energy. It's an extension of their energy. Okay. Yeah, because they show me like a little kid. The little kid has a lot of blue and purple energy and he expresses a blue and sorry, he says this is him. He expresses the blue and purple energy as a extension of an imaginary friend. Got it. Interesting. Interesting. Wait, can I ask you another true or false question? Sure. Yes. Is this true? (laughs) Oh, to the imaginary friend thing? Just is this true? Which one is it? Is what true? The question I have in my head. No. It's not true? Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Because you can also get into like spirit guides and spirit guides being imaginary friends. So I just wanted to make sure that we can't project, project a spirit guide or an imaginary friend as a spirit guide. So that's not true. Okay. Because that's what was fucking with me today too. And that's yeah, what I no. also thought. I was like... Listen here, spirit guide people. He says it's because it's not an extension of you. Your spirit guides are aspects of you. Because I usually see like first spirit guides, like spirit guides that come in with children as like things that look like imaginary friends. But Mm -hmm. that's not the same thing. Yes. And that's also why I would assume people's spirit guides can look different to different people. Because again, you're using your idea or ideas to cultivate what they actually look like or look like because it doesn't necessarily matter. Well, spirit guides are spirits, so they have the ability to manifest all of their lives to you, number one. Number two, they also have the ability to manifest other things to give you information. So for me, if they're a spirit guide from their childhood, they'll show me things that are childlike because it's a message to me to know when they have come into existence. However, like Zoroth, Zoroth is a cloud shapeshifter looking thing. However, I had a reading by some lady and I feel like he has a past life where he is the person that she saw. Oh, really? Yeah. Where he's this like Italian looking dude. Interesting. I thought it was just what she has in her head is the ability to see spirit guides as people. Yeah, and the reason why I started thinking about it like that is because I have this new spirit guide named Sebastian, and Sebastian has the ability to come in as any of the past lives. So remember when I told you about that spirit guide named Prince? No. The yellow one? There's a video about it. I told you when we were on an investigation at uh, McDonald's. Anyways, um, he's the same spirit guide as Sebastian. Oh, the opera house? That was a really long time ago. (laughs) I think I remember you mentioning that while I was eating a McFlurry. (laughs) 
he's Sebastian. But Prince's? He just, mm-hmm. Okay. Prince Charming. Got it. Yeah. So Sebastian has the ability to change himself into other past lives that he has had. So he was telling me that Zeroth has the same thing because it gives different messages depending on who is reading. So it's not necessarily that they don't look like that and it's not necessarily that they do either. Okay. All right. Next is spiritualist Alexandra David, I think it's Neil, stated that she had observed Buddhist Talpa creation practices in 20th century Tibet. She described Talpas as, quote, magic formations generated by a powerful concentration of thought, unquote. David Neal believed that a tulpa could develop a mind of its own. Quote, once the tulpa is endowed with enough vitality to be capable of playing the part of a real being, it tends to free itself from its maker's control. According to David Neal, this happens nearly mechanically, just as the child, when their body is completely able to live apart, leaves its mother's womb. She said she has created such a talpa in the image of a jolly friar, tuck-like monk, which she claimed had later developed independent thought and had to be destroyed. David raised the possibility that her experience was illusory. I may have created my own hallucination, she says, though she and others could see the thought forms that she created. So like she knows this isn't a real thing and she'd walk up to someone with her manifested thought form and I assume be like, who's standing next to me? And they would explain who's standing next to her. And she's like, great, that's not a real person. That's my thought form. That's crazy. Do I have a thought form? I don't know. Have you made one? My spirit guide say that they're all, okay, do you see one? I don't know. Don't think about it. (laughs) Do you see a person near me? Yes. Okay. What do they look like? What did give me at characteristics do they look like me but like in a weird way it's like they mean. have they look different for me but they have characteristics of me which is what <laughs> i don't know it's like if you were to make me into kim possible that's okay. the way i can explain it is that correct no no okay but you might just be seeing them differently what's their like personality obnoxious like me <laughs> yeah no <laughs> okay because i was wondering if you were seeing my maladaptive daydreams but my maladaptive daydreams have been created by past life stories that i've had those are in a space though that's like an entire place not necessarily like a thing what's the difference one's a dreamscape and one's a thought form you don't think i can pull them out i don't think you were <laughs> well i was trying to oh okay interesting i don't know what you were seeing are you seeing yours maybe i have no idea it's weird to me all of this is very makes me very uncomfortable <laughs> so anyways next one let's talk about what tulpamancers are and it is extremely explanatory if you know what mancer and tulpa means tulpamancers is something that was influenced by depictions in television and cinema from the 1990s and early 2000s, the term tulpa started to be used to refer to a type of willed imaginary friend. Practitioners considered tulpas to be sentient and relatively autonomous. Online communities dedicated to tulpas spawned on the 4chan and Reddit websites. The communities referred to tulpa practitioners as, quote, tulpamancers. 
4chan and Reddit communities gained popularity when adult fans of My Little Pony began discussing tulpa characters and their manifestation using meditation and lucid dreaming techniques. These practitioners believed a tulpa is a real or somewhat real person. And Slenderman has been described by some as a tulpa effect and attributed to multiple people's thought processes. So do you want to explain what Slenderman is or do you want me to explain what Slenderman is for anybody that might not know what it is? Wouldn't Slenderman be what was the other one? Is it Igorkor, which is a collective of people believing in something? Well, tulpas can be a collective of people believing in things too, I believe, which is why they throw them under the category oh, so of are thought we playing forms. So like a rectangle, well, a square is a rectangle, but a, a rectangle isn't always a square. Bullshit. Yes, because oh, okay. egregores technically come from the origination of that book. Okay. And tulpas come from egregores? Tulpas do not come from egregores. Tulpas come from Buddhist thought. But are they a kind of egregore? No, because yeah. egregores, I think, are supposed to be types of angels and demons and nenflin. Okay. Exactly. I have no idea what an egregore is at all. I feel like they might just be the the spiritual, and I could be wrong, which is why we can do a separate episode on it. If you're listening to us on our Meta Psychics Extras YouTube channel, please comment if you want us to do an episode on egregores separately. But I feel like they're the spiritual thought forms, and tulpas are the non-spiritual thought forms, like ones that are not associated to religions necessarily. I think egregores would be like, yeah, I don't know. The way you explained it originally made me think of an egregore was a collective of people manifesting something into existence, and this other one is just one person manifesting it or a small amount of people. I think it's the difference between esoteric and esoteric. Esoteric beliefs are spirituality, so it doesn't come from one set religion, whereas exoteric beliefs come from a set religion and i think that's the difference between an egregore and a tulpa okay i know <laughs> she's rubbing her eyes and holding the bridge of her nose and i'm like that was me when i was researching this well, i mean i don't think the name matters now <laughs> well if Just someone a thought form <laughs> well that's why both can be referred to as a thought form but a tulpa is different than an egregore yeah and i have no idea why i was trying to make this weird ass spiritual venn diagram this morning with my crayons and i was just ending up eating the crayons so you know yeah (laughs) i was wheezing on my own melons so anyways um so slender man if you guys don't know is the creation of this person who entered a film contest i believe don't quote me on this because i'm just trying to remember what I read about that and learned about Slenderman a while ago. So this person entered into a contest to make like weird, scary CGI photographs, basically. And this guy won. And it's just this weird black and white photo of this elongated, like creepy, fuzzy, blurry, cryptid looking man thing that was on like the set of a school playground by like a fence and swing set and because of this creepypasta which is a website all about scary stories that people make got a hold of it and made slender man into like this scary 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 sort of story thing where he like eats children on planets or like not planets playgrounds and things like that planets 
planet. Well, technically it is a planet. <laughs> one planet, not multiple. That's true. I don't think Slender Man planet. is on different planets. Yeah. But because this story got so scary, all of the young adults on Reddit and 4chan probably started making a tulpa of him. And it actually turned into a murder case. So if you want to learn about that too, we could also cover the Slender Man murders, which is pretty grisly and horrible. But anyways, it's not, he's not real. Slender Man's not real. But since people real. decided to believe that he was real, Slender Man could be what they call a tulpa effect. So people manifesting energy into whatever this Slender Man thing is. Yeah. So, stuff to fuck with your mind. So we can create tulpas or thought forms. However, there's also the theory that if you were, for example, to imagine a dragon, you're not actually creating the thought form. Some people think that you're calling on something that already exists, which is like the dragon you're thinking of. So some people are like, I have this imaginary dragon that is the tulpa that I created. And then other people argue the fact that you might just be seeing a dragon or perceiving a metaphysical dragon and it's putting itself in the place of what you think is yours, but it's not you. You remember that dragon that you had an imaginary friend of? Yeah. You have a lot of imaginary friends, so do you have tulpas? Are they real? <laughs> Probably not anymore. Not anymore? No. Why not? Well, because I don't have, I don't interact with them anymore, so I assume they would putter out. That. But why does time matter? <laughs> Well, it's not time, it's energy. Uh-huh. So if the energy Time and energy. Why can't you just talk to them from a time in which they had more energy? Is what I'm saying. Because I don't care. Well, we're <laughs> talking about thought forms, dude. <laughs> well, no, it's because I don't care about them anymore, so... Why well, not? But that's what I'm... I'm bringing it up so you can talk to them, because we're literally talking about imaginary friends and thought forms. Okay, have I told <laughs> you about my other imaginary friends? Your, like, little animal things? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember what they are, though? No. Okay. They're not my imaginary friends, dude. Okay. I'm thinking about them very hard right now. You have, like, a weird pink dog thing. You might be seeing it as pink because of certain reasons, but oh. I did have a dog. Do you know what kind of dog? I'm really bad at kinds of dogs. <laughs> Is it something, like, I don't know what any of these dogs are called. Meaty. <laughs> Meaty? Yeah, like, <laughs> thick with two C's. Yeah. Yeah. A bulldog. No, that's not the word. I don't know. Are you thinking about a pug? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have another one that's an animal. I'm thinking very hard about them. Is there like a bird? God, motherfucking shit tits. <laughs> that's why you're like, I don't care about, we're talking about imaginary friends. <laughs> okay, what colors are they? Or what colors they are like? hard for me? Clearly, since I think your dog is pink. <laughs> Well, I think the pink that you're seeing is because when I had those imaginary friends, I really needed love. I know. Because <laughs> colors, synesthesia. Well, that's probably the color I was putting into it as oh. a child because mm. it was traumatizing. Well, the bird is yellow, purple, and green. Okay. And orange. Okay. And they're like striped together. Interesting. Do you know what kind of bird that they look like though? Um... Like a cockatoo. Godmother. Oh, Jesus. I told Christ. That's why I was like, why are we not talking about them? You're like, well, I don't care about them. Like, we're literally, what? We're doing this now. Okay. Yeah. No, I had a pug. I don't remember what his name was. And then I had a cockatoo that I would talk to all the time because I was, I had to go with my 
dad on the weekends and not with my mom because my parents were divorced and I hated it because I could never bring my dogs with me because my dad lived in an apartment and I would just manifest animals that I could talk to and hang out with by myself because I couldn't bring my dogs with me. But it's wild that you picked up that it's a cockatoo and a pug because those were the things that I wanted. Tulpas are real. Okay. I fucking get it. Are they going to take over the world though? Do I have to destroy them like that girl in Tibet? You got to give them more energy, dude. Maybe you should like go into a haunted location like the Conjuring House has a lot of energy (laughs) and then just think about them real hard and squeeze your cheeks together and just leave them there. Yeah. Like, goodbye, Tulpas. I'm leaving. (laughs) There's probably a lot of Tulpas in the Conjuring House. Oh, for sure. Well, I also wanted to talk about too, like, what do you think since this freaking thing that I can't find on the internet anymore that doesn't exist about people manifesting of ghosts that people could perceive just like you're perceiving my fucking imaginary friends because that's literally what these other people did mm-hmm. do you have someone in your dreamscape that is like Sasuke you're gonna have to give me more than that I don't know it's just the vibe that they give me are they a dude mm, they might be dudish but they also might just be non-binary like they kind of feel like a girl but they also kind of feel like a guy well what do they look like they have dark hair they give me Sasuke vibes. It's like mm, all the time. Yeah. Oh, okay. They're like, oh no. S- can you pick up the maladaptive daydream person? Well, he's in one of them, or this thing yeah, is in that's, one of them. Yeah. You have a lot of them. You have like seven or more. They all I, okay. Trauma. <laughs> the way they look like to me is like, you know, like a puddle. If you were looking at a puddle from like the side, so you can see that it's it has depth. That's how I see each of your dreamscapes or your maladaptive dreams. Well, there's dream one that has daydreams. the most energy. This one has a lot of yellow and pink around it. Okay. Okay. Is that the one with Sebastian in it? God damn it. Yes. Okay. So I don't see them as like, I see them as like the whole thing and then I have to pick pieces out of it. Okay. Whereas my fam, my imaginary friends are just fucking there. <laughs> god damn it my spirit guide say that yours are more simple simplistic yeah minor yours is like tell me what this entire book is it's like looking Mm -hmm. at the folder and having to know everything in the folder yeah yeah but you're like tell me what one one aspect from right now one that has water yeah (laughs) i cannot do this anymore no it's freaking me out what do they look like I don't know. I just, there's the, the dreamscape has water in it. Are you a mermaid or something? They're a waterbender. Got it. Cool. <laughs> what else? You have like a whole village there. Well, yeah, but this one person. Well, yeah. <laughs> focus on one. It's a maladaptive daydream. Is it a male? No. Do they have a male friend? Yes. Village. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> so they're female presenting. Would you look like Toph but be a waterbender? Something else about Toph. I, I don't know. You're blind? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, this is freaking me out. I'm not doing it anymore. I, I told you. I'm oh, so fucked up right now. Yeah. Fucked up. My maladaptive daydream girl. She has like ice blonde hair. Uh, She's blind and she can see things through water. So she's like Toph. Okay, but a waterbender. Got mm-hmm. it. But she can bend water. Interesting. So I feel like this could also be applicable to when people go to haunted locations and do paranormal investigations. Like, do you think that they manifest things there before they leave? Kind of. I feel like it takes more time for things to manifest like that. Yeah. But 
Um, this man says it's like an imprint. So he's talking about how when people go into a location and say the same thing over and over and over again. Okay. Got so it. So like little scary children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got it. That's how they become more solid. Because when you have people coming in and out of a space, it kind of stirs things up, which keeps things more haunted. However, the things that you're talking about don't fully form until people go in and it, like think about the same thing over and over and over and over again. And I think that's what happened when we were in or when I was trying to find that story that I can't find anymore. The people had to like have a month or a week or some extended point like amount of time that they spent in the location and like wholeheartedly believing in the story of the person that they created. Yeah. But we like go to haunted locations and there's always like a scary version of children. Oh yeah. (laughs) It's just a normal kid. And they're like, this is my demon that people created about me. Yes. (laughs) That's the entirety of what you're talking about. Yeah. Which is crazy. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So did you like my small dissertation on tulpas? Yeah, I'm glad that you can see my maladaptive daydream. Yeah, they're weird. I mean, not weird, just the way I see them. It's just weird weird. that you can see them. You saw my fucking, whatever they're called, imaginary friends. You didn't think that I would. No! I know, that's why you're like, (laughs) this doesn't matter. Like, what are we talking about right now? Yeah, it just mind fucks me. So if you guys have any tulpa dreams, please... Or not Tulpa dreams, but just like Tulpa stories. Tulpa stories. Like, did you ever walk over your friend's house and like see their imaginary friends or something? I don't know. Tell us your Tulpa stories and maybe we'll do like a whole listeners episode if we get enough on them. You can submit your stories by going down to the show notes and looking at the the link that says submit your spooky story here or something like that. But researching this was interesting. If you want us to talk about egregores in a different way, also let us know. If you could leave us a like on youtube if you're watching this on metapsychics extras and leave a dad joke for us on your apple review that would be fabulous or just something funny that you liked that we were talking about and we'll shout you out in the next podcast episode that comes out wowee you got a dad joke for us or no oh yeah (laughs) we've been pulling dad jokes from our discord server um which is fun because we do have a section just for dad jokes we also have a section for D&D, where you can play D&D with M and our other patrons that are hilarious and awesome and super funny. And you can learn more about Patreon in the show notes, too, if that's something you're interested in. Okay, I got two for you. Kay. First one. I tried to catch some fog. I missed. <laughs> I Second had to think one. about that one for a while. <laughs> Jesus. Pregnancy brain. Second one. A dyslexic man walks into a bra. Uh, okay. It's supposed to be a bar. I got it. I had to give you a third one. Okay. Broken pencils are pointless. I like how that's the one you got. Immediately, my brain had to be on the same wavelength of not talking to Talpas and listening to dad jokes. Yeah, that That's it. All that right. From uh, Jer. Jer Bear.
I don't know, from Midnight Roses, Jer. That's a, that's there. I'm going to lovingly name you Jer Bear. Hopefully okay. you don't hate that. But thank you, Jer, for your submission of dad jokes. Until next time, we are your meta sa kicks. Wow. I'll ask my maladaptive daydream how I can be them. <laughs>